grab a nug whose cones are busty. Weezer gig and make it crusty. <laughs> grab your dude, don't use roughness. Moving close and groove his buffness. Buff the wood, buff the wood. Come on, buff the wood. Enjoying themselves. Come on. I don't care if it's like circular dancing, bro. Come on. Look, they're having a blast. Are you guys having fun? Yeah! Drew, have you ever square danced in your life? I have not, but I've been to like a square dancing place, I feel. I think. Have you? Would you be? No, never. Would you be more or less likely to square dance if Pauly Shore was emceeing or whatever the heck you call it, the announcer? That, that's an event. Like you got to go and you got to yeah. see how this guy's going to do. And he did exactly as I thought he would. He got yeah. that crowd pumped up. Do, crowd do you think he did a good job? Yeah, the wood was showing. I mean, the wood was <laughs> showing. All the men with, with the wood. <laughs> he just wants to give wood to people. That's that's his main goal in life, Pauly Shore. Mission? Is he, he his mission? His life's wood. mission is to give wood. <laughs> <laughs> you know how appropriate that is it's it's highly inno that's that's you know. bring it back that's a yeah. it's the inner level of appropriate so appropriate. <laughs> welcome back to the last row podcast this is episode 119 we are here for thanksgiving bad way it is happy thanksgiving everybody if you are looking for our website the last check us out on twitter on instagram at the last row pod leave us a facebook like If you're enjoying the show, hit that subscribe button on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and please consider leaving us a five-star review. Thanks to everyone that did so, so far. Happy Thanksgiving, Badway. Oh, happy Thanksgiving to you. Happy Thanksgiving to the listeners, too. We're we're here on Thanksgiving, which is a nice surprise for everybody, isn't it? Right. Right on schedule. So uh, before we get too far into this, I just want to ask you, because I have some things, but what are you thankful for this year, Badway? Do you have anything that you're specifically thankful for? Oh, I'm thankful for uh, each and every one of our five-star reviews. Yes. That's what I'm thankful for. But, no. <laughs> I I agree with you. I, but I, I want to say, like, look, I'm thankful for you, man. I got to oh. say this. And I'm not being cheesy here. Oh, I'm thankful you for you. You're, you're a great friend, a great co-host. I wouldn't do this. You know, we wouldn't be doing this without, without you. And I just want to say thank you for – this is like two – over two years now that we're we're officially back, consistently releasing episodes, and I'm so thankful for everyone that listens to our show, leaves a review, and like took a minute to just write into us. Thank you, everybody that's out there. You guys are the best, and I just really appreciate everyone that 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 sends us some love. So thank you, and happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there. You're gonna make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it, man. I mean it. And I hope you all understand that that I mean it. But I, I just it's a spirit of of thankful thankfulness and, and being thankful for everybody. And it's just we've got to say it because they they are amazing, as are you. So thank you for everybody. Uh thankful for you two too. Hop out all the mics, getting chat, movies, and stupid things, poly shore, whatnot. <laughs> that's that's what that's what we love to do. I'm thankful for Paulie Short too. No, so so before we get too far into it, what do you think of Thanksgiving as a holiday? Is this like your? Is it one of your favorites? Like, where does it rank? It might be. It might be number one. I don't know. It's, it's, it's overshadowed about, by Christmas. Yeah, I feel. Yeah, it's all about the food, the family. You know, what's well, not the love? I mean, it's it's not like overshadowed by presents. Like Christmas is the same thing, but with gifts and maybe maybe expectations of gifts. And nerves of will this person not like my gifts that I got? 
This is none of that. This is just you show up, you hang out, you eat, watch you some cook, football, you watch some football, and it's play some games. <laughs> and it's like this. That's what it's all about. What, what's your go to Thanksgiving food? So obviously there's turkey, but what? What yeah. do you have a favorite side? Like what's your uh, side? Yeah, the mashed potatoes, easy. And yeah. then uh, close second is the stove stop stuffing. Got to get the fake stuff. The don't fake give stuff? me the real stuff. I mean, I like the. Don't get me wrong, I like the real stuff, but stove stop. They they uh they perfected it. I, I remember recipe. when we used to live together, you would sometimes just randomly get that stuff, and it is good. Yeah. It is good. You can make it any time. <laughs> you know what a, a favorite of mine is? And I got to shout out my wife on this one. I was never a cranberry sauce guy, ever, mm. ever. And she yeah. made it with like the the skins in there, and she put orange juice. And there's oh. something about that that is awesome, and oh. it's it's good. I never liked it growing up, but now it's it's one of my favorites, so... Hope you all, if you're driving to your family's house right now, you guys are getting ready to hang out with your family, listen to uh, listen to this on your way. And thank you. Um, hope you guys have a great Thanksgiving. I'm curious what other people's favorite foods are. Send us send us a tweet. Write us in. I think they know. should be. I think they should be playing it like over their stereo during Thanksgiving dinner. Is what I think. You know? it's the perfect <laughs> As we family. offend everybody, it's, it's the perfect family uh, show here. Who doesn't want to hear us talk about Polly Shore during yeah, the, mean, during the Thanksgiving dinner? I mean, maybe you're a son-in-law and you're bringing it in because we're talking about son-in-law. Coming out July second, nineteen ninety three. Did you watch this in the theater or on VHS? I, did not. I right saw it after Lanko, the fact. Maybe? After the fact, for sure. Yeah. Runtime one hour thirty five minutes, just right. Just right, just right. Although I have problems with uh, the the utilization of the just right runtime. We'll get so you would say later. too low? <laughs> no, I'd say misallocation of the proper time. Yeah. Uh, genre a comedy slash Thanksgiving. One of the very rare Thanksgiving movies. If, if you even want to call it a Thanksgiving movie. We're kind of stretching, but yeah. it's fine. Directed by Steve Rash. Don't call me Kevin Nash. Steve Nash, by the way. Two of my favorite 90s movies. Like, not favorite, but like dumb, you know, you know, nostalgic things. One is Eddie. You remember Eddie? With Whoopi Goldberg? Which one's where she, Eddie? Where she, owns, where she owns the Knicks. Oh, I Or coaches Eddie. the Knicks. I forget if it's over. I've only coach. seen that know. a couple times, but I know what you're talking about. He did that, and he did Held Up, the one where Jamie Foxx is uh, is a hostage at a gas station. With very funny movie, but like it's one of those HBO movies that's on a hundred times, and it's like not eight. good, but it's like it's like you watch it endlessly, just like, like eight. eight, like nothing to lose. Martin Lawrence, those types of movies. I'm not familiar with this guy's filmography here. This yeah. is like my probably my first movie that I've seen by his besides the two that you mentioned, and he did American Pie presents Bandcamp. <laughs> Which was the first uh, Fugazi American Pie movie, the Bobo American Pie. I'm a, listen, I, I'm American Pie guy, but I have not seen yeah. that one. So yeah, I, I watched it out of curiosity because it was like the first one that wasn't real, and I was like, "Yeah, this stinks." This <laughs> <laughs> is totally VHS. Yeah. Where's Where's Jim? Where's Stifler? They're not here. Directed DVD. No, you yeah. get like Stifler's brother pretending yeah. he's cool. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> this was released under Hollywood Pictures too, which is a Disney movie. They don't look. I'm not going to bust out the old man saying here, but they don't make them like this anymore, do they? They no, really don't. They really don't. They really don't. And uh, speaking of Disney films, like the writer of this movie uh, goes by a name of I forget his name. What was it? Patrick Clifton. Clifton. You know what he wrote directly after this movie? No. Uh, well known to you and I, Summertime Switch. Oh that direct, my god! That directed Disney movie starring Sean Hunter. Dude, where, where I love that kid, movie. The preppy kid switches with the with the basketball player, and like they switch lives. So Yo, yeah, I think 
if if you guys out there are interested in these, I would like to do some of these lesser known movies like those, like Summertime Switch. There's a couple others like Smart House. Uh, Brink is another one that I remember. They're all on Disney Plus right now, I believe. Is, but is Summertime Switch on Disney Plus? It That'd might be. Awesome. be. It that might be. be. Awesome. But I, I want to do some of those movies and maybe we just do an on-demand episode or whatever we're calling them these days where we just kind of talk about some of them. But yeah. I would love to talk about some of those lesser known movies. And even we joked about the Philadelphia garbage kicking yeah. Philadelphia Eagle Tony Danza movie. I'd like to do that too. Yeah. Paper Brigade is another one. Like one of those <sighs> 90s. If you were like between the ages of eight and 12 in the Great. mid 90s, it's like those are the movies you remember. Even though I don't even know if it was in theaters, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, uh, Sudden Law, IMDb, 5.8 out of 10. Too low. Way too low. This is at least a 7-plus movie. Too low. Rotten made a 21%. Do, do that many people hate Pauly Shore? I, unfortunately. Is it him? It must be him, right? Because it's a way good too movie. Low. Way, too, way low. too low. Metacritic, 33%. Too low. Letterbox 2.8 out of 5. Too damn low. Too damn low. Too it's damn a low. solid 3.1. This is a good right. movie. I'm sorry. Like, if you it don't is. like this movie, you weren't around in the 90s. You're looking at it now as it's crappy. But in 1993, this was a good movie. I'm sorry. It was fun yeah. and it was dumb, but it was great. Yeah. Country Girl, Rebecca, played by Carla Gugino. Mm. Yeah. Has spent most of her life in a farm <laughs> in South Dakota. And when she goes away to college in Los Angeles, Rebecca immediately feels out of place in the daunting urban setting. She is befriended by a savvy party animal named Crawl, played by Polly Shore, who convinces the ambivalent Rebecca to stay in the city. When Thanksgiving break rolls around, Rebecca, no longer an innocent farm girl, invites Crawl back to South Dakota, where he pretends to be her fiancé. <laughs> I think it's funny because they make it seem like she's, quote, in the city. The only scenes that we see of her in the city was getting the tattoo and like being yeah. on the beach. Other than that, she's in the dorm. Like, would she have had this experience in any college that she went to that wasn't in the middle of nowhere? Because I yeah, think like, she would. Like these places exist in, in any college downtown area. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be Los Angeles. Yeah. Send her to State yeah. College, Pennsylvania. And I feel like right. she's going to have the same. You're going to have the same like, you know, main streets that have these kinds of tattoo parlors and bars and dives and all that. Sure. She's not on a farm, right? I mean, that's that's it. And yeah. it's like they made it seem like she's in New York City or like Manhattan. Like it's a completely yeah. different scenario than this. Right. I was only able to find one tagline on this, and I, I think you're going to have no problems with this, but I think it's a good one. It's, it's son-in-law. He's a relative nightmare. That's perfect. It's a no pun. More. It's yep. perfect. It's a pun. It's, it's, it's accurate. It's just good. It's, it's just a great I'll, one. I'll allow uh, it. Budget. I don't know if this is high or low, but it was eight million back in '93, and I couldn't find the the worldwide gross. They only gave me the U.S. and Canada, but it was thirty six point four, which is modest success, right? You want to what triple yeah. your 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 budget or something? Yeah, so, it's a simple simple comedy, and yeah, modest returns, but successful. It wasn't a huge success, but I think it was good for what it was. And this was a year after Encino Man, which we also did. So go check that yeah. out. Put it in the show notes. I think that was '92. It didn't win an award, but it was nominated for the prestigious MTV Movie and TV Awards in 94. Of course. Pauly Shore was was nominated for Best Comedic Performance, and he went up against some heavy hitters here. So I don't know how you're going to ever... He's not going to win against these, but I'll, I'll tell you some of the other ones. It was Jim Carrey in a little-known movie called Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, which oh, was a phenomenon. One of my all-time favorites. Johnny Depp uh, for Benny and June. 
son-in-law for for Polly Shore for son-in-law, Whoopi Goldberg, Sister Act Two, Back in the Habit, underrated sequel there, but it lost to Robin Williams, oh, Mrs. Doubtfire. There he goes. I mean, come on. You, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do about that? You can't do anything about that. You can't. I mean, you can't. It's it's just a hard one. So, which I I still want to do that on this show sometime. I love that. But movie. you but you have to give Polly Shore credit for just going all out in this movie and being yeah. full on Polly Shore. It rivaled Jim Carrey and Ace Ventura, where it's like he wasn't better than Jim Carrey and Ace Ventura, but like he he had the same amount of like go for it, right? Like yeah. he was fully Polly Shore in this movie. He did not reserve any any yeah. situation. He went all in, like you said, yeah. and yeah. I loved it. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. As we mentioned, this is the triumphant return of Polly Shore to our show, but also the triumphant return of Lane Smith, aka one coach. Jack Riley. Jack Riley. <laughs> and also Theo, the farmhand, who was the angry biker patron in Sidekicks, which is I think our episode 55 for us, who I think his name was was Hank, but you could call him Henry. And he mm. he roughed up uh, Mr. Lee's Chinese joint, I think. Yeah. I mean, those are classic those guys from those things. So I mean, we always like to shout those out. So there we, you go. We've never done a Carla Gugino movie, uh, Entourage, right? Unless she was, was she in the movie? I don't recall. I feel like she had a cameo in it at least. She must have. But yeah. other than that, I don't think we've had a lot of other people here from from this from this movie. So no, we'll uh, we'll get we'll get into some of these guys later. But I think maybe we need to start with, you know, this girl, small town. You mentioned she's on a farm, and then she goes off to college. Talk. Let's talk a little bit about the college experience. Bad way. Do you feel like whatever school she went to, I don't know that they named it. Is this an accurate picture of college? Well, I don't know. First of all, when you say college, I, I immediately want to say it college, like like uh, like Sean Hunter. I always think of it college. I'm going to go to college. So here's the thing. I, I, I went to college four years, but I never lived in a dorm like you mm-hmm. did, right? But you went to college in the mid mid to late 2000s, right? I feel like maybe it was more likely to be Party Central in the 80s and 90s than it was in in the further 2000s. Would you agree with that? Or I I do because you know computers like he had a computer in his dorm here. He had with the cool screensaver that had his name on it and all that oh. stuff. I mean, he had some technology, but were people playing what like Super Nintendo back in this day? Like were they playing Nintendo One? Like I don't know, but probably yeah. you're young. You don't have that kind of money to be like putting that in your college dorm. Like, I think there was probably less, and this is me speaking out of my no experience, but there's probably less to do when it came to like connectedness. So you're going to have parties, you're going to hang out in dorm rooms. It's very different, right? Yeah. It was a lot easier. I imagine to be social back in the nineties. I know for a fact myself in the nineties as a kid was more likely to go outside and play with people than to sit, sit in my house all day. Right. So yeah. I imagine if you upgrade that to, you know, 20-somethings and teenagers and, you know, college life, I'm sure there's a lot more of just like just natural mingling and just we got nothing better to do. Let's 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 go drink and have a party <laughs> versus you have more options in the late 2000s. Not that not that you didn't drink or I didn't drink or anything like that. Yeah. But it wasn't like the only thing to do, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, and and 
how often would your RA be throwing the party too? Like exactly. Your RA threw yeah. the party. Was that a norm back then? Or the RA is always not. like an uptight somebody to me yeah. in, in my head. They're yeah. supposed to be enforcing the rules. Yeah, and, and maybe not uptight, but it's probably somewhere in the middle of like, we're not going to blatantly, the RA is more likely to turn a blind eye rather than to like encourage the parties. You know yeah, what I mean? The instigator and organizer yeah, of right, the party. Right. Which is, yeah. the, the other question I have too, you talk about 90s college so they had, I mean, there was a phone in my room, I believe, when I was in college. Like, you you could have a, a phone. Like, it, it was there. It was like a wall phone, right? But we had cell phones yeah. at this time. Back in 93, they had the pay phone in the dorm. Like, who's, resp- is it your responsibility to answer that if you're walking by? Yes. Like, I remember watching Saved by the Bell the college years, and I think they also yeah. had a phone. But, like, yeah. she, she has her boyfriend. She calls. They call that. Like, do you give that number as your phone? And, like... Yeah. Is that what people call? Like, would you answer? Yeah, the phone how else? How else are you getting in touch with people? You have to give them that number. And I feel like if you're walking across the hallway, like there's an understanding, and and that if you live there, that if you're walking by and that phone rings, you got to answer it, right? <laughs> hey, I'm calling for Julie at room 408. It's like it's your responsibility to go bang on Julie's door. If she's not home, write a little message on her door that hey, Jack called funny. for Julie at room 408. It's just funny to me because like. Does that mean that you inherently have to know everybody on your floor or you, yes. you end up getting to know them because of that? Maybe so. Or or maybe like you can just go by, you know, you know, the person calling has to know to say, hey, I'm calling for Julie. She's in room 408. I'm calling for Rebecca. She's in 202, you know, so you can write the message on 202's door. I need to know this. Like if you if you guys are out here and you went to college in the 90s, is this how it worked? Yeah. Because I don't know don't, why I assume that everyone had a phone in the room. Yeah, don't don't act like before cell phones like these were cavemen. I mean, this isn't this isn't Linkovich-Javasky. No, here. but I, but I'm saying there's room there's like I thought that there would be a, an actual phone in your room like a hotel, you know? What, like they've had phones. A, what's the college made of money? Come on now. No, like a hookup, right? Like they, yeah. they have a phone room. Like imagine yeah. you're in an exper- like in, in an emergency or something. Like yeah. I'm I'm 90% sure. Like I look, I had a cell phone in college, but I know I also yeah. had a wall phone too. Mm. Like I'm I just I need to well, know how this works. We didn't all go to fancy schools like Harvard like you did. So. <laughs> Sorry. Let, let's talk a little bit about about Rebecca. Like who who was she? You set this up in the intro, but like, tell us a little bit about her, Carla Gugino's character. She was a nice young farm girl, Drew. She, you know, set to go to school in the big city. Dad didn't want her to go. There's a lot of crazies out there, Drew. You know, you better stay here on the farm where it's safe. Maybe go to South Dakota State where you can uh, get your agricultural degree, this and that. But no, she was ready for a new life, new experiences. Very nice girl. Listen to her parents. Going off to California and just see what life has to offer. <laughs> well, she was also valedictorian. What did you think of her speech? I, I don't know not, about that. The, not impressive. I mean, her <laughs> high school was like a class of like, what, 30 people, it seemed. <laughs> so if you're the smartest person among 30 people, how smart are you? <laughs> Come on. Yeah, man. Like, I, my, I didn't think my, it was very good. My high school class had like 630 or so people. And I think I was like student number like 150 or so. Of the, that's, of the 600? I don't, I, don't know, I, don't, I don't do the math, but I think that's more impressive than being number one out of 30. I don't know. <laughs> but what I'm if you're like so her. good? What if you're I, so good? And I didn't even try that hard. I, I, I agree with you. And, and she went away to this school. They never said what she studied. I don't know. I, I don't know why I want to feel like she studied writing or something. Like she looked like <laughs> she was going to be like a, an English major or something. Don't you? I don't know. I felt like she was going for like, you know, uh, 
some kind of engineering degree or something. I don't business? know. I, I, I don't not know. Biz- no, I don't think she's a businesswoman. I think she's like maybe engineering or somebody, some kind of, uh, you know, degree that a very smart person would, would pursue. What did you think of her transformation? Because this is like, what is it? Six weeks and she becomes an MTV VJ. Like, I don't, I don't <laughs> know like what this was. Yeah. I mean, or, or is it so obvious that anyone that comes from a small town in this time of year or sorry, in the time of, of the nineties, like you're, you're, you're sort of bound to become the MTV VJ. Is it, is it like predetermined for you? You're going to go and do this. Yeah. I think it's real easy to like embrace the new life. Once you're experienced to it, once you're, once you're willing to let go. And I think, I think this movie did a pretty good job of like showing that where she wasn't ready to like let go of her home life until a character like Polly Shore gave her a real life talk and said, Hey, listen, you know, you moved out here, but, sh- but you didn't really move away. Your heart's still, in, you know, you're not letting yourself experience the new life. You're just sitting in your room and wallowing and just being pissed off about what you're missing instead of what you're currently experiencing. Great lesson for a Polly Shore movie. Would you say? He's wise. Yeah, he's, he's a wise years. man. Wise beyond his years. I mean, he is like 37 years old, so I mean, he's, he's been around, <laughs> he's a, so he knows. AKA Van Wilder, right? Yeah. He, he's the yeah. Van Wilder, pre-Van Wilder uh, prequel there. What What did you think but, of her actual transformation, though? Yeah, so she did like the whole thing. Like you said, she, she turned into an MTV VJ overnight, basically. Cut her hair, dyed it blonde, might as well have dyed it blue or purple, same difference. Throws her old farm clothes away, her, you know, her uh, Sarah plain and tall clothes, they're gone. In comes these, like, they're not, like, I don't know, how do you describe them? They're not, like, inappropriate dressings, but they're just, like, just wildly uh, modern for the era, yeah. right? Yeah, right. I mean, she did wear, like, a bustier at one point. Yeah. Like, it was, like, a bikini top to her family's yeah. house. And she's like, do you like? Do you like? like, that's a little awkward. Yeah. That's a little weird. Yeah. But you're right. No, it was more fashionable. And, and yep. she went shopping with them, too, right? Yep, yep. What shopping with him got the tattoo it's like the classic thing that you do to rebel when you leave home right that's it's i've seen i feel like i've seen it all the time what about the whole mud wrestling thing like do you think she would have been like wildly out of place there it seemed like like how realistic do you think the transformation is because she was super timid and i agree with everything that you said about all the stuff that she did but she fully embraced it. And and it was like, I couldn't tell whether she was into Polly Shore. She still liked her boyfriend back at home. Polly Shore, would, it seemed like a true platonic friendship yeah. in a way. Like yeah. they were on beach doing babe watching and all this this crap, right? Whatever they were doing out there. Yeah. Do you think that the period of time was realistic? Like she flipped a switch. No, I think so. I feel like it kind of was because the last straw was Halloween where she was ready to leave school. And Polly was like, listen, you can't do that dude you can't do that bro you have to experience life and she's like and he was right so she had to throw herself into this new persona to see if it if it worked for her if she did all these things and she still felt the way she felt originally then she knows that this isn't for me yeah but since she didn't even try it yet this was her trying it i think after three months she realized hey this is a lot of fun this is stuff i never thought i would have done i need to keep experiencing new things it's not that she was going to stay the way she is. It's that she understands that, all right, life is about new experiences. That's when you get shut out for so long and you never do this. Then it's almost yeah. like the people that right. don't have candy ever their whole life. And then when they finally sure. taste candy, they just like yeah. become like obsessed with it or something, right? Yeah. Like when you go to the mud wrestling bar that you never knew such a thing existed. You're like, <laughs> holy crap, this is awesome. It's like a circus. What else is there in life? Yeah. It's almost like Encino Man Part 2, right? 
It was. Where like she doesn't even like know anything. And like Pauly Shores is introducing her to these things that go on in the city. And she's like, oh, shit. We get more of this. I mean, speaking of that, like they had a literal Encino Man cameo. Like, did you like that? I don't know if that was too oh, on yeah. those there. No, no, I'm, I'm a fan of that stuff. It's, you know, they didn't linger on it. They didn't try to weave it like, oh, you know, Pauly Shores, you know, his old character from Encino Man. No, it was kind of like a here and gone on a uh, on a Halloween party type of thing. I'm all for it. It would have been funny if they they played this as an Encino Man sequel. Like he goes away to college and and then he becomes, you know, the RA. It would be a good way I, to tie it together. I would have watched it twice. Yeah. You know, I would have watched it in the theater twice. If they it would be funny. That. Absolutely. <laughs> you So you mentioned Crawl, a.k.a. Pauly Shore, a.k.a. Van Wilder. Talk about Pauly Shore here for a second. We, we've done another, speaking of Encino Man, we've done Encino Man back. I forgot what episode it was, but go check it out. I'll put it in the show notes, as I mentioned. I think, dude, we talked about this a little bit then, but do we need to give Pauly Shore more respect a, as a flowers. society? As a society here? Give the man his flowers. He should have been in more movies, man. What's with the hate? What's with he's the just, hate? He's, can we call him a good actor? Yes. I think we can, right? He's not just a We gimmick. should. Uh, I take it back immediately. Yes, he is a gimmick. <laughs> uh, but like, you can't, you can't just put him in Saving Private Ryan, right? Like <laughs> that, that you can't do. That's but too much. You went too hard for like as goofy as his shtick is. Is like he's also a decent dramatic actor when yeah. like the seeds call for it, right? I liked him in this. I think he's good. I'm sorry. I, I I'm suppose. Sorry. I suppose you have to like. You might have a a hard stance one way or the other if you like his shtick or not. Like some people are like turned off to a guy like Jack Black, for example. Yeah, that's a good guys comparison. that have like these large personalities where it's like, I hate Jack Black. I hate what he does. The Jack Black thing. Or there's people that will love anything Jack Black does. Will yep. Ferrell's another one. Um, polarizing. Yeah, polarizing. And, and, Jack, and uh, Paul Shore is certainly that. But we have to admit here that he actually can't act. It's not just him doing the weasel thing. <laughs> Like he actually has some chops here, especially in his facial expressions, right? Uh, totally. And like, I don't know how you could make this movie with anybody else. Like the only other person you could do it with is probably Jack Black. Like you, you get like these weird, like a fish out of water scenario. Yeah. But this movie doesn't exist without Pauly Shore. And and, and I think yeah. a lot of them don't. And it's funny is he's a fish out of water everywhere because he, he doesn't belong. And he belongs no. in the 60s probably, really. Yeah. <laughs> It's like like he doesn't belong anywhere in any movie he's at. And that kind of what makes him stand out and, and and kind of like be like this. I don't know. It's almost like he's like somebody drew a highlighter on him, like wherever he is and whatever scene of the movie he's on. He's a very Austin Powers-esque character yeah. to, to your point. And, and I think, so what do you think of him as a leading man? Because in, in Cino Man, he was a supporting character. He's in the army now. Uh, what was the other one? Jerry Duty was the other one that Jerry he's Duty. in. It was like a yep. bunch of these movies. We We definitely should do more. But did you feel like he carried the movie as a leading man versus a supporting actor like he did in Encino Man? Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Biodome. For, don't forget about Biodome. Oh, yeah, Biodome. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, that's another one. Yeah, so he was he was fine as the side character to freaking Rudy in Encino Man, for sure. <laughs> but this proved that, yeah, he could he could lead the movie. And I, I, I don't know if it came before or after in the army now, but like I feel like I this before. proves that, yeah. This kind of proved that he he could go out on his own and be the lead. He was the lead in, in the army now. He was the lead in Jury Duty and Biodome. Like, yeah, those weren't monstrously successful movies, but they, you know, for him to get three more leading role movies after this one proved how good he was in this. 
I think you nailed it. I think Jack Black is a very good comparison to somebody that came after where it's a very polarizing, like I know people yeah. that hate Jack Black. I like him, but I, yeah. I could see where it's grading. And I think Pauly Shore's a, a perfect, a perfect one. But so let, what do you think of him as an RA? Like he, he was at the school for six years. Like, yeah. I guess I've seen RAs that are grad students, but mm -hmm. typically they're not, like we said earlier, not leading the party and organizing the party. Right. Like, wouldn't you get fired? Like, <laughs> as long as long as like you clean it up when the right people or the wrong people come along, then you're good, right? As long as you don't set the place on fire and people aren't getting underage drinking violations, you're good, right? That place was no. the kind of party that burns that place down, dude. I, I gotta say, like, I, I mean, I'm I could. I could take a party or leave a party just as easily, right? Like I'm I'm a very like isolated type of person a lot of times. I like my peace and quiet. But I also I could party every once in a while too. I would it would be my nightmare to live in that floor, man. I gotta yeah. tell you, man. Because you just want to be away all from all the it. all the doors open, like constant, constant party, right? It's like <laughs> that's too much party. Let me come to the party. Don't bring the party to me, all right? <laughs> the party so, exists where you are. Because I want to be able to exit the party when I feel like it. Oh, Not yeah, like go can. to my room and oh, the party's up in my uh, roommate's part of the room. Well, like Carla Gugino, right? She goes into the yeah. place and then like they bust it up. She's like, sorry, it just kind of happened. Like that's, yeah. I'm a relatively extroverted person for the most part, right? I recharge yeah. around people and, and whatnot. But so even that opposite. is my yeah. nightmare too. Like that's the, my nightmare too. We're the opposite and this is both not an ideal situation. Yeah, right? I don't want that. I, I yeah. really don't want that. What about so he's an RA and he's got his own room like that's a, that's one of the perks of being an RA you get free yeah. room and board I believe and you got like you got the room to yourself you don't have a roommate so he's got this room and like I like when Coach so, Riley walks in I would do like, that job by the way free room and board like that's a would? good deal that's a sweet I think, deal I think that's part of it right like I'm pretty sure that you get free room and board but you have a job like you gotta yeah. you gotta make and, sure you're yeah but and your own room and you don't you know every like sometimes it sucks to have a roommate sometimes it's great sometimes it sucks. Especially in the small rooms like that. Yeah. But right. he's got a pretty sweet room. Like, did oh, you yeah. see all the stuff that he had in there? Like, oh, yeah. I, what did he like, have? What did he you didn't put, even what have did you a notice? bed. Like, was his bed that cot? I thought he was sleeping like a bat, like hanging upside down <laughs> naked and nude. Well, that too. But like, he had that, like, he had that, like, hammock. Yeah. And that was like, that was like his bed. That's a very much know. a Pauly Shore uh, sleeping scenario. <laughs> no, but totally like a Stoner's. It's like a Stoner's room. It was very, very awesome. Um, I got to tell you, though, like, I feel like I need to get one of those hang upside down things for my back. Like, I feel like guy must have a great back if he's just hanging upside down every day sleeping. I don't think I could. You know what would be pathetic? Me trying to actually get on it. Like, how do you or get, get on off that? of it or get off getting off? There's Imagine no way. getting stuck. You get stuck. You just yell <laughs> hell. I don't have the ab strength. How pathetic. To well, remember my dad used to have one of those inversion tables and yeah. I didn't appreciate it when I was younger, but now that I'm, you know, thirties, like my back sucks and it's like, I want to use that again. I want to use yeah. that thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I want to go down to your dad's basement again and use it for sure. <laughs> if it's still what about, there. <laughs> it probably is. What about, I know it's not his room, but it was Rebecca's room. Did you notice in her room, she had a picture of Mel Gibson on her oh. wall? And I don't oh, know yeah. why that's weird to me. Like, it's weird no. that Mel Gibson as a sex symbol, like you talk about, you don't want to see Arnold Schwarzenegger like kissing people. Ugh. Mel Gibson as a sex symbol, he yeah. perpetually looks like he's 50 years old to that's, me. That's the thing though. I mean, I, I don't want to speak for all young women, right? Because I'm clearly not a young woman. <laughs> but I let me just generalize this for all you ladies all right. out there. I feel like women are more likely to be... Uh, <laughs> turned on by the silver fox right okay like the ruggedly handsome older 
mature, sexy gentleman like like uh, Mel Gibson, who typically plays a bad boy or a badass. Doesn't matter that he's forty, right? You could be an eighteen-year-old girl and find the forty-year-old man super sexy, right? Because it's I like just... he's mature and he'll save you and he'll protect you, he'll make you safe. It doesn't work the other way around. Like in our era, like we didn't like Suzanne Summers as a sex symbol. <laughs> Because she was older for us. Like, if Suzanne Summers back in the 70s, oh, my God, like, like guys would go crazy for her. But it's not like we had pictures of Suzanne Summers up on our wall. It's more like Carmen Electra and, you know, Pamela Anderson, right? But what about now? Like, are you into the older woman? Like, would you you fall for, like, the older woman now? Like, a Carla Gugino now, right? She's, like, an older. Because we're kind of the same age. Not not really the same age, but, like, yeah, yeah, once, once you pass 30, Age becomes almost irrelevant, I feel. But maybe... Like, above, not below. Above. Maybe it's just a weird thing for me and Mel Gibson, who Mel Gibson is. Like, forget all of the stuff, the voicemails and everything that he did. Yeah, all the racist stuff. stuff Yeah, It's just like he, in particular, is just a weird guy to me. And, like, I can see an older George Clooney being a sex symbol because I can see that, right? Because he's, like, more like a put-together guy. Mel Gibson people, is like a weird people dude. find women find Mel Gibson attractive, even though he <laughs> might not seem that way to you. They especially in the nineties. What was what's the movie that he did that uh, was it? What women want or something like the one what, with the mind mind reading? Yeah, we should yeah, do yeah, that movie. Yeah, what women we want can't. that that might be problematic, but we, <laughs> we can try it. <laughs> if we can't do Fifty Shades yeah. Darker or whatever, I don't, maybe we can't. Yeah. Maybe we can't Fifty Shades Free. Maybe we can't do yeah. that. I don't know. I, I does. I don't know. What what about Polly Shorlingo? We talked about this on the on the episode with Encino Man. Man. Do you think he introduced any new words here? Because I'm a fan of this. I'm a fan. You need like a dictionary yeah. or 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 some type of translation guide, like a like a language dictionary yeah. to to understand what the hell he's talking about. Right. Like I I feel like yeah, there was a, there was a lot of crossover. There were some new words, but like it's hard because he talks so fast. It's like it's hard to like keep up sometimes with what he's saying, but he was big on the nugs and the cones, cones. And the melons, big on that. Wood. A lot sure. of wood. Big on the wood. <laughs> it's a lot of wood. You likes? I don't likes. <laughs> you likes? I likes. Charisma. <laughs> he had that line about charisma that he was trying to like hit on girls with. He toned it down a little bit, I feel, but yeah. I liked the better part of his of his lingo in this to me was him and Lane Smith, Coach Riley mm-hmm. from Mighty Ducks, like the dad. I yeah. love the dynamic between him and and Pauly Shore and and the farmhand Theo, like the mm-hmm. way that he was talking because it was he might have toned it down, but because he was fish out of water and he's in the middle of South Dakota as opposed to like Encino, California, mm-hmm. it totally was out of out of whack. Like and and mm-hmm. the, the the square dancing thing that you heard in the beginning, like. It was so ridiculous that I I love that they dialed it up. It was great yeah. to me. And another thing I want to point out about this character is, is that like when they first introduce him and uh like he meets he meets uh Carla's dad and he kind of seems like a creep, right? Or like, oh man, this guy's a womanizer, like he's a father's daughter's father father of a daughter's worst nightmare, right? But he's actually like a really sweet guy the entire way through this movie. He is. He's a good He was dude. never he was never a creep. He's like, yeah, he might be a horn dog, but he's a like, how do I put this? He's a respectful horn dog. He will ask. He will not pester. If you tell him no, he'll go away. 
He's no Travis here, put it that way. Right. He's no exactly. Travis. But exactly. but you're right. No, I get what you mean. He's a respectful horn dog. Like yeah. he, he he's open about what he wants, but he doesn't he doesn't take it. He yeah. he, and, he asks. And when he took uh Rebecca out, Carla, we keep call Carla Gagina. Carla Gagina. Rebecca, her name's Rebecca in the movie. I don't know if we ever said that. It was always as a platonic friend. Yeah. And it was always like he was just tr- very genuinely trying to show to her, don't quit college. You didn't even try college yet. So I want I appreciated that aspect of his character because it's kind of like portrayed as a sleazy womanizer, but on the surface, like it really is like his character is very nice and very sweet. Yeah. And I like how that like it was almost like became easy for the family to like him once they got to know him. Well, he's charismatic, as you said. I think that's yeah. the perfect word. He has charisma. And and mm-hmm. and I think maybe that's a good segue into this because we talk about Thanksgiving and 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 where her family is, but the tr- the reality is, she brought a stranger home to Thanksgiving dinner. Yes, that's we, we got to talk about this for a second. Like, is that a violation? Well, first off, is not forget the violation because maybe it's not a violation, but could you ever do that? Like, imagine your family, like you go to Thanksgiving, could you bring a stranger there? And and what? grounds would it take for you to actually go and do that i mean i'd really have to know the person like for more than really three weeks right this was this is the <laughs> timeline we're talking about yeah she really like got to know Holly on halloween right yep and then thanksgiving is just three weeks later so within those three weeks she's she's taken this poor guy and yeah it's sad if he's got nowhere to go for, for thanksgiving Sucks for him, sure. But he's like, you don't really know him. And you know that he's such like the opposite of your family that like, is it going to, is the possibility for wrecking Thanksgiving a thing? Yes, it's very high. Right? You're it's, taking it's a risk high. on an unknown yeah. of who is this dude. He is kind of weird. I know yeah. he's like a sweet guy, like you said, but he is kind of weird. But but like if it took you a while to like get, like understand him, right? She was probably freaked out by him until she actually had a conversation with him. Imagine her uptight father or like her, her buttoned up mother, you know, or her traditional grandfather. I agree. Right? Exactly. I agree. But there was like a weird dynamic though, because she was even tone deaf to how her, her appearance and her new behavior was when she went home. Like she got off the plane and she was just kind of like showing her hair, showing her things. And like, she didn't think for a second that they would even feel like what the hell happened to her. And that was a little uh-huh. odd. So I guess maybe it is in character for her to not also think that bringing this weird dude home was going to be weird. And like she had been talking to her, her not fiance, but her boyfriend, Travis at the time, thinking like, hey, who the hell is this guy? You're bringing some random guy with you. That's like, the other the plane. thing. Yeah. The dynamic you're in a of the relationship, relationship. You're in a relationship and you're bringing a dude back home to like from college with you from college. I mean, very, he, Travis has every right to be like That's furious about the situation. That's a threat. She didn't uh, have the proper conversation, which which we'll get around to the fact that Rebecca was a coward this entire movie. Yes. About not being upfront about her feelings with a boyfriend. I man, there's so much to talk about in this, and I know we only have so much time to talk about it, but maybe we'll jump around a little bit here because you know he comes home for Thanksgiving. We can talk about this. I, I personally I don't know that I would bring someone random for Thanksgiving. Like you bring a friend or somebody that you know that you trust. Yeah. But yeah. like to bring some random guy, I know you feel bad for him. I mean, she's a good person, here's, I guess. No, but here's the thing. I would bring a random person home, like if it was my college roommate. 
Sure. And and they had nowhere to go. And they were like, you know, kind of quiet, reserved, quote unquote, normal person. But this is a wild card you're bringing back home. <laughs> it could go this wildly is, bad. Use some, use some judgment. I probably wouldn't bring this person home, even though he's a real nice guy. The chances of this going south are very yeah. high. And she's lucky that it didn't. Yeah. yeah. And and if you're 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 bringing him home to a place where they were skeptical to even like bring you to college in the first place, very yeah. you know these farm people don't know the city life. <laughs> but maybe maybe let the guy eat his uh, hungry man. You know, I want I mean I want to talk about the family so bad, but I also want to talk about them being won over by Polly. Maybe we can combine it because like he won them over, didn't he? I mean he he comes in as like who the hell sure. is this guy? This guy's a weirdo. Like he instantly bonds with the brother over like computer hacking. He instantly bonds with them over Playboys and and mm-hmm. Hustler magazines or whatever, right? Nugs and cones. The dad cones. is like completely like, who the hell is this guy? Like he says he he broke into his daughter. Do- what does he say? He opened his daughter's trunk. I popped your daughter's <laughs> trunk, bro. <laughs> right after yeah. he met him, and the dad is just like, I mean, the actor is great. Like Coach Riley did a great job. <laughs> the best is when. They got out of the car and got into the house. He handed the dad the video camera so he could film him humping the ground. <laughs> like, sorry, I got a little excited. New place. <laughs> it's like it's like this the is dad, the guy you brought home. <laughs> he doesn't know what like he's so taken aback by this guy. He doesn't know whether to be offended or impressed. Yeah. Like Yeah, they were uh, he was incredulous. Like he was like, Yeah, you didn't know what to do. He's speechless. Yeah, he's speechless. He wasn't he's not angry. He's just confused. Like, what? what is this person? <laughs> yeah, not even who is this guy. Like, yeah. what is this person? What is this person? <laughs> like, what is this guy? <laughs> like, and is Paul, Paulie so, like, and they show the picture of him in the beginning. He was like a, a law major or something. Like, he was all yeah. buttoned up. He had the short yeah. hair and everything. And he completely went off the off the rails. Like, I, so he had to win these guys over, right? He had to win the family over. Mm-hmm. We'll talk a little bit about the relationship in a second, but... Like, did he? Do you think he did a good job of it? Like, how did he handle what they threw at him? Well, he the thing he never did was conform, you know, which he I like. He always was going to be himself. I he like was that. trying. He and like he he wasn't quitting, and he was trying hard. But I like that he like decided to succeed at farming in his own way. Something I can never do. Could you be a farmer? Well, let's talk no. maybe about some of the stuff that that he did. Absolutely not. Like, he had to. Like what is the list, right? So you had to feed the bulls, I guess, or and, and do the something with bulls, a bull, the, the cow, and, yeah. the, and then the whatever bull. The there was something with a bull. He fed the pigs, like with the slop meal. Slop he was milking cows. He was scooping poop. What? Like he didn't have to do that much, did he? What is slop? I like think- is there the, there's like <laughs> lettuce in there, and there's like breadcrumbs and they sandwiches, put like bread. Like like what is that? Like how expensive is slop? I <laughs> I'm always under the impression it's like it's making. Like, stuff what, you don't want to eat. Yeah, but it's like it's almost like there's like a nice salad in there, but like all mixed together. There's like salad and sandwiches mixed together. Pieces of like, white bread. Yeah, it looks great. Like, but they slopped it up. <laughs> <laughs> they made it. They made it ugly Trimonis. for the pig. But really, yeah, they sl- slopped it up, boys. Up. I didn't mean it like that, but you're right. <laughs> but like, it's almost like they took two good things, sandwiches and salads, and made it look disgusting for the pigs. Like, it kind of looks like a like a nice meal slopped up on purpose. The pigs won't eat it if it looks too nice. It has to right, look exactly. like shit. Like you wouldn't see a pig at a dinner table, so you got to slop it up for them so they'll eat it. <laughs> Living for New Year's Eve, those pigs, yeah, man, that's what that's they fair, do. I, yeah. I don't I don't get it either. And like I thought that there was maybe like, I mean, I guess they wanted to put grain in there, like an organic yeah. diet. Like 
That guy was putting pieces of bread in there. Yeah, like it seemed like nice ingredients, like all like slushed together with like (laughs) like dirt. I don't know what the hell pigs eat. What would you do if a cow pissed on your head? Like, would you instantly throw up? I I, throw up's not the word. I'd probably go find a cliff and just just walk. I wouldn't even. I'd walk off it. I wouldn't even jump off. Like, how long would you last? I mean, trying to do for real. How long would you last trying to do these jobs? Two hours max. I'd be done. Like, you couldn't even try. Like, what if you wanted to do it for to prove them wrong? No, I'm, I I don't have convictions like that. Like no, I'd what be like, you're right, you're right. I suck at this. Not for me. What about killing the turkey? Could you do that? No, absolutely not. No way. <laughs> I'm never gonna kill turkey. I'm never gonna hunt an animal. Like I love meat. I'll take a steak right now, bloody. Give me. Don't even cook it. Just slap it on and I'll eat it raw. <laughs> it's not about the cruelty for me. I don't care about that. It's about I'd rather just eat it and not see how the how how it's made. I- <laughs> You know, you know what the, the thing that impressed me the most about Pauly Shore was his combine driving skills. Like he just he went mm. in that thing and he drove it so well that he wrote his name in like a crop circle. Yeah, and he just it was that that was it to him. Like he knew exactly how to drive that thing. It's like operating a crane in like Manhattan without having yeah. any skills. There's he's like a savant. Yeah, there, there's there's levers and 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 buttons and things. Like how the hell did he know what he was doing? Yeah, I mean, I don't. I he's, he's an idiot savant, you know. It's kind of like, it's kind of like uh, what you call it. It's kind of like Rain Man playing blackjack. Just put him in there and he gets it. <laughs> the the right? other thing he's a savant at is like rekindling relationships. Like, mm-hmm. did you think it was a violation that he was like trying to sex up the mom and the dad? Listen, listen. he had a job to do. She, we, everyone knew that that she could do a little better. Yeah, that 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 there was there was a secret in there, right? She was hiding. A, she stopped trying. She was hiding a secret, and we gotta, we gotta let it. We gotta, we gotta let the secret out that, that she's, she's got the goods, right? She said, "What's the point?" Because did you? That, the dad didn't you know, care. The best acting job of the whole movie was when the mom, all dolled up, walked into the square dance, and Coach Riley just like the look on his face where he's like, "Ooh," <laughs> <laughs> and the other dude hits on her instantly. Yeah, he, he's, he's like, "Get out of here, jerk!" Yeah. Get out. And of she's here. like, and she's like. You don't like it, do you? And he's like, "Oh no, oh no, I like it. I, I think I, I think I really like it." <laughs> <laughs> the whole like it was so creepy, and then yeah. they were like, not even overtly like hiding the fact that they were like about to just go bang, right? I mean, it it was yeah. like a thing, and then even yeah. the girl, the the girl asked her mom the next morning, like, "Oh, so you you got you got busy last night?" I'm Guys, like, "Sorry, I'm like, not having that conversation." Okay, like so here's the thing, like. Guys will never ask dad, like, hey, dad, did you, did you get it on with mom last night? Like, that that would never Sorry. happen, right? It's not, it's never, in, never happen. That is do, enough. Do women do that? Do do daughters ask their mothers that question? That's the level of appropriateness. Because I don't think inna. so. It's in a, yeah. That's how much it is. It's bring it back because I would never. That. Would yeah. you? <laughs> yeah, no. Like, Look, is that a girl thing? I, Does not, a daughter ask a mother that? Because a guy would never ask a father that. And I'm not saying I'm not saying that you need to be sexually repressed. Like that's not what I'm saying. No, it's, it's just, just it's just familial like relations. You don't want to know about it. Yeah, you don't, don't want to know about, about it. it. Yeah, you know what? Go do unless your thing. You're, unless you're unless you're the Fockers, it's like that's it. Like uh, yeah. yeah, I'm happy. Like be have a great healthy relationship. I have no issue yeah. with it. But don't, don't like, want to talk about just it. Just like let's let's not. Yeah, let's not. Let's not adjust <laughs> and talk about the levels here. No, uh, what but about? The mom needed to. The mom needed to show out, and it was a great, a great present that that Paulie gave to her. 
<laughs> she brought her confidence back. Yeah. About the relationships, let's talk a little bit about maybe the the main one in the movie, which is Carlo Gugino, Rebecca, and Travis, which is the guy that she was dating in high school. She went off to college, mm-hmm. and he stayed home doing something with business. I don't know what it was. It was something with the family business. or I forgot. They said it in the movie. I missed what it was. Yeah. Could this relationship work? And I mean, just in general, do you think high school relationships work if one person stays home and 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 the other person goes off to college? Like, I think it I, takes a special relationship for that to work. Yeah. And like, this one had a chance just because she was so like set in her old life, right? Yep. Where you know, if she found out that college wasn't for her, the big city wasn't for her, you know, you go to what's familiar with the with your high school sweetheart. She gets her degree. She comes back. She tends the farm. She does whatever she does with her degree. It's a possibility, right? But I think overall, like the 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 gap, especially like where you're an airplane away, where you're a flight away from not you're not like two three hours away. You're you're a flight away from this person and a payphone away. Yeah, you're kind. Of, it's kind of brutal, right? Especially quarters. Uh, before email and texting and and cell phones, right? It's hard. I, I think it's it's hard. brutal. It's brutal. Yeah, especially. If you're this girl and you you take to liking the new experiences, like as soon as she realized there's a life outside of the farm where like she could enjoy, she kind of like was out on the boyfriend, right? Like she was out on it. It was an interesting angle to take, though, because it was almost like he was out on her. She she didn't hook up with anybody. I mean, she was admiring the other people. She was hanging out with Polly Shore in like a platonic way, but... He, I mean, I got the impression, right? And we'll talk about this in a second, but I got the impression he was hooking up with Kelly Kapowski. On the oh, side he definitely, here. he definitely was. But the movie, the one movie's one flaw is they didn't fully, like, obviously show that. Yeah, but it was implied a few times. I, it makes. I think we both spoke about this pre pre show that I feel like there might have been scenes deleted that maybe showed this more. Yeah, of of him cheating on her, right? It was certainly implied. There was a couple lines, but where the movie fell flat, and I think you're right, is they didn't make you hate him enough right. I, until the very end. And I think when when this you know stuff started to unfold a little bit, it started to get more. But like the other thing that I thought was interesting was Kelly Kapowski's character, Tiffany Amber Thiessen, I forgot her name. She and Carla Gugino's character, Rebecca, were good friends. Yeah. So it was weird because she was the one that stayed home and- Rebecca went off and did her own thing and Tracy's home. It was like a weird dynamic in that Tracy was in love with Travis, but like when she was going to get married or he was going to propose, like she didn't seem to have any issue with it. It was weird. Like they could have played that dynamic more and they could have made it make Travis look worse too. Mm -hmm. Even in the big blowout in the end when they were complaining about, oh, you know, he's a bad guy. He drugged me. It wasn't Mm -hmm. like he drugged me. Yeah, that's a major violation and highly inappropriate. However, he was also hooking up with you for the past three months, maybe mm. even more than that. Who knows? Cheating. And she knowing, never called it yeah. out. Cheating, knowing he was going to propose to this other girl. And yeah, I thought it was weird that the climax was only 15 minutes, this movie. Like yep. it was, you know, Carla comes home from college, doesn't want to marry the guy. They do the fake proposal thing with Pauly Shore. And then like goes along, goes along. And they do the shtick with the farm thing. And all of a sudden there's 15 minutes left. And then finally oh, wait, Travis is actually a jerk and he's going to drug Polly Shore and try to break them up in order to, like, it was too short a time. We should have seen other scenes of Travis being a dick and, like, knowing that there was a clear, like, villain or, like, opposition. Besides, because otherwise, 
Travis kind of looks like a yeah. sympathetic figure and Carla seems like the jerk, right? Yes. Yeah. And, and maybe that maybe that's a good segue into the proposal, right? Because he wanted to propose to her and that was his plan. And he was planning this whole thing. When she comes home, he's going to propose. There was this whole situation where he tried and she pushed him off, but then he put her in a situation at the country club where it was a public proposal. So a couple things. What do you think about public proposals? Mm, too risky. I have another question, but but what do you think about it? Like, would you... Way is it too bad? risky. Like, as a guy, it's different, right? Because you're putting yourself out there, but you're mm-hmm. also putting it on the girl, too. You're you're making her react to something, and I feel like you yeah. better damn sure know that she's going to say yeah. yes. You're, yeah, your proposal better not be based on pressure, where it's like, well, she can't say no because there's a bunch of people here. Like, that's, that's starting your... Your uh, engagement off on the wrong foot, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, pressuring her like she can't, she can't say no. I feel like the only way a public proposal would work is if you talked about, "I want to get married to you. It is going to happen. I will propose to you at some point." Yeah, whether it's it's got to be like understood that it's it's a, it's damn well going to happen, right? Yeah, because I, I think it's it's sort of like a violation to put someone in that position. I, I feel personally. Mm-hmm. And then, and so then what do you think about the way that she reacted the first time, like pushing him off? Should she have said something like then? Because it goes down a path where, I mean, they can't go back from this thing. Yeah. So the most excruciating scene was definitely that, that barn scene when she didn't even let him ask the question. And that's like, imagine being the guy in that scenario. That's, that's brutal. I mean, that's why I say like, you better damn well know. But you got to have that conversation. You can't just like hit the pause button on it and like leave it, leave it hanging because you know, he's gonna, he's gonna ask again, you know, even though he should read the room also, but no, you you have to be, you have to make it clear there. And she was, she was too cowardly this entire movie to tell the truth about her feelings. I think. And so then in the, in the ballroom and in the country club, she has Paulie Shore there and she's got him as a, I mean, this is the whole premise. We have like, we're 50 minutes in, we talk, <laughs> get to it finally, but yeah, 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 yeah. whatever, right? The, the, the movie itself, it's interesting because I feel like she put Paulie Shore in this position where he's a friend, right? But she yeah. makes him do something. Like, what do you think, he, what would you yeah. do in this situation? I mean, like, what was he supposed to do? Yeah, I mean, he's good at thinking it on his feet, but like, yeah, he probably chose the wrong thing. But this is the type of thing where it would have been okay to like use the lie in that country club, but then not keep the lie going at home to her family, right? I don't understand why she kept it going. Like, she could have easily said, hey, dad, I know you don't like this guy. Don't worry, I'm not actually engaged to him. Like, I just said it yeah. because I wasn't sure about Travis. You could just say, yeah, I didn't. I, I felt really bad about letting Travis down, so, like, I didn't know what to do, and I panicked. Like, that's, and the dad would understand. Any father sure that, would understand. I'm sure that dad does not want her to be married at 18. So, yeah. even it though was, I'm sure, I'm sure he thinks Travis is a great boy. Great, fine young man. I'm fine sure. young man. I just, I I like how, you know, and the instantly, the way that the dad reacted too, where it's like, they were so upset about yeah. Polly Shore after yeah. he walked in looking very out of and, place. And like how, imagine how offended you would be if you own that farm and you're sitting there having that conversation with Polly about how are you going to take care of my daughter? <laughs> he, was, he was, I don't know. You own this farm. I could do that. It's like, <laughs> I'll just take oh, yeah? the farm. <laughs> oh Yeah. You can you can do that. Imagine if I walked up to your job. Oh, what are you? IT. I can do that. No problem. Easy. What, what do you learn. have? What do you have a degree and ten years of experience? Yeah, I can do that. 
that's why I don't blame them for putting him through the ringer and trying to have him get get tested because yeah. I know damn well I could not be a farmer. There's no way in hell I could be a farmer. I, I'm sorry, yeah. I just couldn't do it. It's yeah. I mean I could try, but I'd probably fail. It's not the life for me. I couldn't even try. I I'd, I'd quit after two hours. Say nope. You're right. Not for me. It's not the life for me. No way yeah. in hell. Yeah. I mean, I think that she kept the lie up for too long, and I think you're right. Like she could have. She should have. She should have just told them. She should have just told them. But we gotta have yeah. a movie, I guess. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you remember the show uh, with Paris Hilton? What's that? Oh, uh, the one with her and what the other person? Nicole. Or is there a Nicole one? Sheridan. Something like where that. Where yeah. where they're on the farm. That's oh, me. God, the farm life like, or whatever. People made fun of that show where it's like, oh, look at the stuck up rich girl that can't handle farm life. No, no, no. That's me. I'm a pretty <laughs> poor person myself. I there's no way. There's no way I can handle the farm people, life. People people like that, I guess. I don't know. It's I'm not I'm not I'm not pooing on it. It's just not for me. So obviously it wasn't gonna work out with with Travis and her, but it's ultimately at the end, it seems like she she is into Pauly Shore and they want to make it work. Do you think she was genuinely into him? I mean, I think they had more of a friend chemistry personally. Like, I don't know that this is going to work out. Like, do you it's, think that they were actually going to work out? You or know, they didn't want to disappoint the family. It's the classic thing where they're fake engaged and then they're like, you know, they maybe start to like think about the, you know, what if this was real? And I think that definitely was felt through her when she found Pauly and, uh, and, um, and Kelly Kapowski drugged in the, in the barn. You know, she, it was, she was definitely shocked and hurt by it. And I think that's the first sign of her having feelings. Right. So, and I think, I think Pauly probably had a thing for her, but again, like the way his character is, he was very respectful and it didn't want to like broach into creep territory. So yeah, I think that feelings were developed. And I think that, Married, who knows? I mean, clearly too soon. Three, too soon. Know each other three weeks, too soon. Too low. But but yeah, worth investigating once they get back to LA. I'm, I'm curious. I, I don't know. I just don't see that it's going to last long term. I think they'll be good friends, but I think they're going to hook up once and then it's going to be weird and they're going to be like, probably not. Yeah. But like, do you think it's a cheat code to like, he already did the thing of meeting her family and yes, bonding with is. all of them. It you is. know, so it's like, that's a big thing that already happened. It's kind of like a cheat code to where it's like he's more it's almost like they've been together longer than they actually have now because like they fast forwarded that whole situation. Yeah, normally you wait to meet the family till yeah. you're sure he met them ahead of time. Yeah. And it did but fast yeah. it is a cheat and, code. And like they never kissed, like even like even like at the end or anything like that, right? Am I wrong that's, about that? No, I that's they why did. I don't think they did. And that's why so, I was curious yeah. about whether there was actually a romantic connection. He said he was into her. But yeah. I think they could have easily just played this off as they didn't want to let the family down because he like like the family liked him, yeah, and they wanted him to be the son-in-law. So, to, to your like, point, like you said, like they could get back to L.A., you know, and they go, you know, go on a date, and you know, they try to hook up, and it's like it's kind of like brother sister. This is weird. It's weird. And let's just be friends. That, that could very possibly happen. In fact, that's the most probable thing. That's what right? I think would happen. Yeah. So, especially but, since he's twenty-six and she's eighteen, so it's, it's kind of like weird. Thing. Yeah, I I think. Before we, I mean, we talked a lot about this movie, but we got to just very quickly, let's throw Travis on the villain scale. If we're going to put Dusty Dinkelman on there, we're going to put like mm. other, you know, messed up boyfriends and things on there. I think we should just at least see how he rates because I think this dude's a, a scumbag. Scumbag <laughs> supreme. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we talked well, about Scumbucket and Scumbag. Well, He's a hold scumbag. Hold on now. 
he was just a standard cheater until he brought the drugs into the mix. That's so. why I'm calling scumbag yeah, here. Yeah. And I think like, and the fact that he was cheating and, and he was trying to hook up with her, like he, this was, this was the situation of heartbreak kids situation with in all, in all fair, in all fairness though, Kelly Kapowski. I, look, th- I have a lot to say about that. In all I fairness. With you. But, but on, on the other hand, Carla Gugino. Kelly so, Kapowski, there's no like, competition. It's like, what's this, what's this guy? This guy is like, what's going on with this guy? This yeah. Guy that's a, stud of the year. Small, small town, small town. Yeah. And he has the two most beautiful and amazing women yeah. that he, that he could have here. It's, it's great. Here? So let, let's put him in here. So if you're, if you guys are new to the show, we have a villain scale. We have five or four categories, one through five, look style, hideout layer, plan and henchman. I'm just curious to see how Travis goes in here. I mean, just right off the bat, he's got a pretty good looking style. He wears his Letterman jacket yep. just in his everyday life after graduation, which is a bully move. That's, yeah. That should have been the highlight and the the proof right there that he yeah. was a cheater. To be fair, it's the fr- he's 18 slash 19. It's this first year out of it's, – it's, you're allowed. You're allowed. He likes Especially if you stayed at – if he's wearing that stuff in college, wrong. But like he's still in the hometown, so like I'll allow it. And he had sweet '90s hair too. I was just gonna say he ha- he has a a perfect bully scumbag boyfriend haircut. Yeah. Like, did you fall for this thinking he was a nice guy and and, and they didn't know because I think yeah. the look and style plays a lot to do with that. Sure. Like If he was successful, he gets a higher score there, doesn't yeah. he? He was good at playing the all shucks for sure. I kind of want to give him like a two because I yeah. feel like it's it's a standard look, but 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 I don't although. Know. Although, I mean, there was a tip when, when he and Rebecca were in the barn before Rebecca went to school and he was trying to pressure her to quote unquote, go further. Yep. He's like, he's whining about it. Come on, babe. When am I going to see you again? We gotta, we gotta do this. Like, like he's trying to like get the deed done before she leaves. It's like, if he really loved her, then he'd be fine with like, all right, you know, she'll be back. We love each other. She'll be back, you know, but he was married. That that was the first seed of like, is this guy is this guy on the on the level or what? I I don't know like how this plays in because he didn't really have any other accessories and if you want to count the drugs, maybe that's that's a that's more of the plan. Did he have like a car like or was it just no. a standard truck? Whose Trans Am was that? That was hers. That was, right? was Kelly Kapowski's. Right? Yeah, yeah. It was it, it wasn't car. his that she took. Like it, yeah, it was hers. No, it was it was hers. Yeah, he had a truck, he, I believe. I think it was a Trans Am. So yeah, he had like a pretty standard pickup truck. Not yeah, I, I think he's got a two, like a two. I give him a two he's pretty bland Letterman jacket and yeah. the, and the and the bully, the standard bully look. Yeah. I guess yeah, he's pretty bland, pretty bland. I I think we don't even need to debate this, but like he gets a one for his hideout and his layer, right? Unless you want to count her barn as where he's like lurking. <laughs> he's like yeah, lurking where, in the barn. That's where, that's where he does his, his sexing and his and his, <laughs> and his drugging. Yeah. Like it's got to be a one, right? There's not even a yeah. debate on that. Yeah. I, I don't feel like they even showed it. So now what about his plan? Because okay. I don't really understand what his plan is. There's mm-hmm. a couple things here. To, what well, do you think I mean, his clearly plan is? his plan is to have both Kelly Kapowski and Carly Gugina. I mean, Was he going to plan to continue plan. to have her as the side chick? Yeah, I think he's a cheating scumbag. Yeah, I think that that was going to be the thing going on there. See Once how far cheater, he, always he could take both. Yeah, sure. If he was cheating on her before he was even turned down, right, for the, for the uh, engagement, then... Clearly, it was going to keep going on through his cheating ways and days, right? Yep. So, yeah, I'll say that. But again, are you going to blame the guy for cheating on someone? <laughs> Kelly Kapowski, what are you going to do? Can I tell you, like, 
she she was a good actress in this. Like yeah. she made me feel like look, anytime anybody gets drugged in a movie in that scenario, yeah. it's not cool. But like sure. it was even less cool because of how well she acted and reacted yeah. to it. Like, am I being crazy? Yeah. So here's the thing, and I hope I'm not out of line by saying this, but like her and Pauly Shore both had the same crime committed on them, right? Yep. Only one of them acted like it was like, and I'm when I say acted, I mean like the actor acted like it was kind of like goofy. Whoa, what's going on here? Ah, my head hurts. And the other one was like crying because she was so violated. Right. She so, was great. Yeah. And in, in the comedy movie, I feel like Tiffany Amber Thiessen acted so well <laughs> that it like, it kind of like put a bummer on the movie a little bit. Right. I did. I agree. A hundred percent. Like, that situation obviously is not cool. Yeah, and it, it was totally called for for it for it to be a bummer, but it's like, damn, it hit like extra hard because the same thing happened to Paulie Shore, and like he was like just confused and like kind of goofy about it. I and he he was like, oh, what happened? And and she acted so hard, yeah. like she acted herself out of this movie, yeah. like and and I thought she was great. Like, in fact, I. You know, I forgot she was in this, and I thought she was good in this. Yeah. Like, I liked yeah. her. I wish she was in. And it this more. was like this was like straight off of Saved by the Bell too. 93. This is ninety three, so it's like right there. It's like not like she like grew any. She might have been the best actor in Saved by the Bell of all she the was. kids, right? I think got, Mark to, Paul Gossler is good too, but I thought yeah, she but was I, good. but she might have been better like dramatically than Mark Paul Gossler. Probably, yeah, she might have been definitely I, I, better than Jesse Spano. Not to, yeah. <laughs> not to take it down. Yeah, where's the alternate reality where Kelly Kapowski yeah. is in Showgirls instead dude, of? I would, dude, now, now I just want to rank how good the actors on on uh, Say by the Bell are. Yeah. <laughs> See, like this is the kind of stuff you come for. Come for son-in-law, and you yeah. you come for a spirited yeah. sidetrack of Say by the Bell, and yeah. we we should do a live show on that. We could do so. But yeah. I, can I also another tangent here? Can I just talk about how? I'm sorry, but Kelly Kapowski, Tiffany Amber Thiessen all-time crush for me like growing up yeah. all time like i know everyone yeah. loves topanga and and boy meets world but say by the bell like i mean she is still an all-time crush for listen me. listen even as like you know 10 year old 12 year olds however old we were and even though she herself was like 16 17 18 19 so she wasn't like super old as well but like topanga was a girl and Kelly Kapowski was a woman, right? You know what <laughs> I mean? That's a way to put it. Like, even though, even though she was only like 17, 18, but like to a 12 year old, it's like, that's a woman. That's, and, I mean, you talk and, about, you yeah. want to marry somebody that Kelly yeah. Kapowski is like the yeah, one t- you Topanga, Topanga was a girl. Kelly was a woman. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a good way to put it. I, I, yeah. I didn't mean to take us down too far down this track. We'll yeah. have to have a whole, sh- a whole show on Saved by the Bell and, and whatnot sometime. But Kelly Kapowski, man, that's all I'll say. So anyway, his plan, like what the hell is his plan? Just to get, just to marry her and, and yeah, at to, all costs? To uh, drug Pauly and, and Tiffany Everthiesen into making it look like they hooked up during his bachelor party in order to prove to Rebecca that Pauly's a scumbag so he'll, she'll come running back to him and maybe not even go back to college. Dude, that's I the want to give this guy a one and here's why. Because mm. he's so dumb. Like he was hooking yeah. up with her best friend or one of her really good friends and expected that to not come out. Like yeah. the second you're getting married to this, Kelly Kapowski is sure. going to get jealous and it's going to come out. It's, and even yeah, in the it's end, it's going to happen. Out. Yeah. It's, it's probably, a small town. Yeah. That's the fact that mm-hmm. he's sneaking around saying like, oh, you know, I'll hook up with you later. 
Mm-hmm. This guy's a one. I'm sorry. Like it's one of the yeah. worst plans ever, and he yeah. executes it poorly and yeah. and just awful. awful. Well, I, well, the, the 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 plan went wrong immediately when he even went to propose to her her first time back from school. She's 18 years old, bro. Why don't you like let it breathe a little bit? It's it's a one, right? Like it's got even be. though even though I guess his instincts were correct that she was she was out on him immediately upon return. So. But maybe, maybe because of it was because of the smothering. I don't yeah, know. I think. So what it, came? What came first? Her being out or the smothering completely jacked her out? I don't know. Maybe that happened before we knew it and yeah. and and whatnot. But I, I, it's got to be a one, right? Like it's just poor execution, yeah. and he fails miserably. And Paulie Shore beats him, so I, I feel like it's got to yeah. be a one. Yeah. What about his henchman? Because he's got one that I know of. What do you think? <laughs> what uh, the the Theo? farm dude? The farm dude Theo? Henry. Henry. Well, I mean. I thought he was he did his job. He did. <laughs> and he, the only reason that it didn't work was because because he got because Travis told on him and he left the pills in the car. Yeah. He did screw up. So, yeah, Sloppy. I don't know. He still did his job. He got his ass like fired him. too. Yeah. I did two? like him too. <laughs> two? Let's give him a two cuz I just liked two. him. Yeah. I just I like the guy. I think yeah. he was good. It's mm-hmm. it's but I think so. Okay, so let, let me let's recap this because I, I know we, we can't spend too much time. But so we gave him a two for look and style, one for hideout layer, one for plan, and two for henchman. That is pathetic. He got a six, and yeah, that's mm. like that's low. That is uh, very low. May not even deserve a card. We'll see, dude. He's he's <laughs> he's right above Ranch Wilder, for <laughs> the, the the announcer from Angels of the Outfield, and he's right yeah. below Reinhardt Bragdon. And Chris Brander from Just Friends. When you compare yeah. him to Dinkelman, I mean, Dinkelman was a mastermind. He was an yeah. 11. I mean, yeah. he, he was all kinds of bees in the hive. And, yeah, he and this guy and, is he, just... He had a plan and a style. This guy is is pathetic. Yeah. It's a six. And I, it's yeah. not even it's not even yeah. worth talking about anymore. This guy sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. So I don't know. I mean, look, it's been a while since I saw this movie. It was a great watch. I just got to say, it was a yeah. fun watch. And I got to shout out my brother. My brother is the one, he's always told me, he's like, you guys got to do Son-in-Law. You got to do Son-in-Law. And it's like, it's been a long time coming. It's a fun watch. I love this yeah. movie. It's it's not good, it's, but it's great. It, no, it's yeah, I'd say it's good. And it, it's a 90s movie that is timeless. Like it, it, it will be watchable 10 years from now, 20 years from now. It's just a, just a damn good, stupid comedy. My my wife watched it with me too, and she enjoyed it. And yeah. I mean, it's just one of those movies where mm-hmm. you just put it on, you know what to expect. It's Polly Shore being Polly Shore. I'm okay with that, mm-hmm. and and I'm actually looking forward to watching but, some yeah. of the other ones. It's Polly Shore with heart. It's got the most heart yeah. of any Polly Shore movie. I thought he did so. a good job, and yeah. you know what? For a Thanksgiving movie, what better one that we we could have asked for? Sure, I'm thankful for Polly. So I guess that about does it. I mean, happy Thanksgiving, bad way. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there. We mentioned what we're thankful for again. I'll just say it again. I'm thankful for all the listeners and and everyone that's stuck with us over the years. Thank you guys. I hope you're all having a great Thanksgiving holiday. Uh, We'll be back in a couple of weeks. We're talking about which movies we're going to do. We're going to do just the month of December is going to be a holiday themed set of episodes for us. We've done a bunch of these already. You go to check out our back catalog. We've done Jingle All the Way. We've done Santa Claus. We've done Jack Frost, all kinds of movies. So it's kind of hard to see what's out there. We'll be back on Thursday, December 8th, and then we'll have another episode also in December. But if you all have Christmas movies or holiday-themed movies that you want us to check out, 
send us an email, thelastrowpodcast at gmail.com. Leave a comment on the page for this episode at thelastrowpodcast.com. Tweet at us at thelastrowpod if Twitter still exists by the time this episode comes out. Maybe. Leave us a comment on the Facebook page. And uh, if you're enjoying the show, please hit subscribe. We have a new episode every two weeks. Please consider leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, Spotify. Thanks to everybody that did so so far. We got a couple new ones recently. Thanks again. Keep them coming in. And we'll see you guys on Thursday, December 8th. By the way, Pauly Shore, another guy that I, I just have no interest in seeing romantically involved in any person ever. So you're happy they didn't show a kiss. You, you yeah, don't want to yeah. see a kiss anymore. I think I think they knew. Like people don't Has he? Have they shown that in any of his movies? I'm trying to think back. Like he's not really in a romantic yeah. situation. We don't we don't need that. Like, <laughs> <we> don't. <laughs> you know what the awkward hookup scene? Yeah. So how does it work? Yeah.